Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Behind the Edge podcast. Sorry for the delay in the episodes, but it turns out the world as we know it is ending. Um, currently, we're filming this episode super late and plan to make it kind of a short one because, uh, you know, we've all got some crazy hours with work and stuff like that. Vex is working some crazy night shift coronavirus free thing. Um, so, yeah, thank you all for bearing with us, you know, as we kind of sort things out. Hopefully in the future, it'll be more consistent. Um, but yeah. Housekeeping-wise, you know, I just wanted to apologize for the lack of episodes. I was supposed to, like, um, I was going to have the patron-exclusive episode um, up, but I kind of went through some personal issues. Uh, but those are mostly resolved, so I'll have that up pretty soon. I'm hoping tomorrow, you know, I meant to do it today, but then, like, a bunch of stuff came up, um, you know, and I've got online classes now, and so now I've got all this stuff going on. But, you know, bear with us and we'll, we'll get it all up. Um, Email-wise, uh, we have two emails. Um, one is really long. I had a correspondence with this uh, listener who I really appreciate. His name is Mark. Um, oh, hi, Mark. He, <laughs> yeah. Um, he said he's listened to 12 episodes of the podcast. Um, and he just gives us a few critiques um, just saying that, like, uh, yell- he, he was basically saying that, like, yelling into the mic for the dog to shut up is also as irritating as the dog barking. Um, <laughs> I like both so, of those things. And another thing, another thing that he does point out is that, um, he thinks that, you know, our podcast could use a little bit more, um, how, let's see, a little bit more structure. So, I don't know. Um, I agreed with him. You know, I just wanted to, uh, tell you Mark that I appreciate you reaching out to us and you know giving us feedback I always support feedback um, another thing he po- wanted to talk about was that um, let's see um, he wanted to point out that uh, I guess now that we're getting a lot more uh, listenership that not all of our um, listenership is just zoomers like ourself or ourselves <laughs> I guess although Jake is a bo- I mean a millennial I'm a um, fucking millennial. I'm so sorry, yeah. guys. <laughs> but the re- <laughs> yeah, so Jake is a millennial. Um, Brian's kind of the edge of a millennial. But um, anyways, he was pointing out that um, you know, let's see, uh, with the different generations and different, there's just he's basically pointing out that there are different um, demographics of people who care about different uh, things. You know, like some people might not care as much about um you know, behind the edge thickness as someone else. Um, uh, I'm paraphrasing immensely because this is a long email, but yeah. So what I wanted to go with that Mark was just that, you know, we hear you Um, we'll try to make sure it's, you know, more concise in the future and um, we'll be, you know, we'll do our best to make it more, less uh, single minded, you know, less of a group think and try to incorporate other ideas, be more, play more devil advocate roles. So yeah, um, next email we have from Zuzus, um, where he titled he titles this cat girls are an abomination to God. <laughs> you ain't wrong he says, there. He says this is a short one. So he says, "Hey guys, hope all is well and COVID nineteen isn't isn't di- disrupting your lives too much." I was just wondering if I could get y'all's input on the whole Brian Nadu post from Saturday, um, which this he's talking about Saturday, March twenty eighth. Yeah, I think. It's um, deleted. 
Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to get to. Uh, <laughs> it's been Brian to do post from Saturday about the Holt milling pattern that he believed was identical to his. Um, do y'all think there are certain features or designs on knives that shouldn't necessarily be tied down to one maker, but rather a progression of folding knife design? Um, thanks, and may Lynn Thompson bless you. XOXO. <laughs> Lynn Pine. Um, I actually went, when I read this email, I think I got this, I read this email within 24 hours of receiving it, and um, it was like, the post was deleted, I think, within that he 24 like hours. hours. Yeah. Maybe less than um, well, that's what I was saying. It's like, you know, it's currently August 3rd, so, you know, it's been five days since we got this email. But It is April um, 3rd, but yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's, it's long week, <laughs> it okay? It time travel. Um, hey, I'm still on the second. Um, but what I want to say was, like, um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, only, the thing that's peculiar about this is that, um, you know, uh, if this were anyone else, um, I probably wouldn't think too much of it, right? Um, like if if Brian Nadu were saying this about some other knife company, um, the only thing that kind of is I find intriguing about this is this is the Holtz we're talking about, who, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's speculation that you know the Holtz allegedly stole um, his lock, his his or detent. Or his uh, detent yeah. uh, system for their Gen One um, specters, right? Yeah. Um, that's you know, I don't I don't know if that's, that's true. It's their word against his word. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think like I mean, as far as I'm concerned, um, the 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 milling pattern it, it's difficult to say that should belong to anyone. Whether or not you know, I don't I don't really care if Nido came up with it first. It's just like a milling yeah. pattern. It's it's pretty well, simple is, geometric pattern, right? You remember? Yeah, it's a geometric pattern you see all the time everywhere. Right. Well, do you all do you all remember when we talked about that resin pattern? We talked about <laughs> right. resin. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It's just like that where it's like I think that that doesn't belong to anyone. I own honeycombs. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> You're not a if, bee. It's a, if it's Stop a geometric still bee culture. Right. If it's geometric, which is, you know, things that you see either in nature or like all the way back to ancient civilizations, they've been doing geometric patterns like I see that as just like the common domain, right? Like anyone can use that stuff. Yeah. But when it comes to something like the integral lock that Nado was using, that's more like mm, that's more like intellectual property, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, the detent system that's much more. Um, you know, I feel like that's a bigger. Uh, that's a reach. That's what yeah. I would have been bitching about. Like a milling, he probably. Let's be honest. There's he any probably got mad about there. the milling pattern yeah. because of the lock. It's probably if it was just the milling pattern, I don't think he would have said anything. I don't know. He kind of whines sometimes though. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll... I, I think I think it's because of the history, like because yeah, exactly. They, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I actually do believe him that they took the lock because he did have it yeah. first for a long time, and then suddenly he's the they only had one it. I've ever seen that used it before them. Right, so it, it was it was basically his. Yeah, yeah. Was, so I'm yeah, I'm pretty him. sure that story is true, and I think that because it's true, that's why he got upset about this. Like more likely he's just like, again, they're taking my stuff. Like, you know what I mean? I think that's fair. Like I can understand why he would feel that way. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be pissed because of that history. Yeah. So like I can see he's like, like, and you know, he deleted the post. So maybe he, I don't know if he realized or whatever, but like I can imagine being him and knowing that they possibly stole my design or whatever. And then seeing that same milling pattern on Instagram or wherever, 
and then being like, oh, of course, they stole my design again, you know, and then being upset. So I can understand. Right. And you got to understand emotionally it's, it's also doing how that. I'm looking at the post now where Holt introduced this new pattern, which they're calling the herringbone. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's a little I would be annoyed personally if they had already genuinely stolen something of mine. And then they were to say, hey, we found a <laughs> quote unquote new pattern as if they discovered it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, if they had just said, you know, Hey, um, this is a cool pattern that we've seen before, or, you know, this is like a pattern that's been like, you know, dates back to forever. Right. And like, we just, you mm-hmm. know, wanted to apply it on our knives. I think that's fine. I think trying to play it off as like, they discovered something new is a little bit annoying. You know, um, um, what's interesting about this, sorry to cut you off, no, no, go ahead. Um, but, uh, what's interesting about this, um, is that uh, well? Okay, actually, first off, I want to ask: Do do y'all know what the name of the um, Brian Nadu pattern is? I think he did it on like one knife. But does he does know. he have a name for the pattern? Sweeve. Like so like something weave. Sweeve. Okay. Weave. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to ask, uh, mainly because I'm reading the comments on the Instagram post right now, right? And there are people that are calling them out on this, like, oh, like so. Here's even John Gray knives. Which I don't know if you guys know him. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. And I, he he said so original, and then tagged uh, Brian to do. <laughs> um, Nick, then, Nick Carter Chopin did the same thing. Basically, he said, "Yeah, pretty sweet, but the perfect name would be carbon fiber weave." But my buddy Sharp by Design already has that. I mean, how long have basket weaves been a thing? Like since the Donna Man. Yeah. I mean, my, I think I agree with Echo on this one. Like, literally, the post has been playing around trying to find a new pattern. You didn't fucking play around with this, right? Exactly. The implication <laughs> is you didn't we randomly did. input numbers on a fucking mill and just like yeah, <laughs> just so shut the I fuck think, up. I, I think shit. it's annoying that they imply that they've put R and D into this. That like they came up with this like on their own. <laughs> we had like, our top scientists look into this pattern. Yeah, it's like you, this is what you we came up look, with. At the end of the day, we know you're already willing to copy Brian Nado's <laughs> stuff. You've done it before. And now you're doing it again. And, you know, in this case, it's more acceptable to copy. But the way oh, yeah. that you've presented it as if you didn't copy, that's annoying. Right. Like it makes them seem all this on top of like <laughs> the specter shit that's going on right now. It just kind of makes me want to like stay farther away from them than I already was. Yeah, they so are just, kind of every time. I feel like every podcast now there there's something new that they've done that people are like, whoa. You know, like it's controversial. And for the longest um, time, they were like really respected. And not saying they're not respected anymore, but I don't know. They just seem to be pissing a lot of well, people no, off. No, I think, I think maybe they got a little bit of their hype from like Nick Shabazz and had. Oh, that they whole, got all their hype from Nick Shabazz. Yeah, like, now, just like the Grim's I do, It's been two week over two weeks now since I've sent this email, so I feel like I've given them enough time to respond. So since they've chosen mm-hmm. not to respond. I think it's okay for me to blast them now because <laughs> this is, this it? has been over a month now. So basically um, I was talking to sky and some other people and you know, we were basically, we, we weren't, we were um, some people were saying that Holt gets their heat treat done by Peters. Other people were saying that Holt does their heat treat in house. And I didn't know which one was true. Um, I had happened to say that they do it in house and that they do, uh, or sorry, I, I had happened to say that they use Peters but um, other people were saying they do it in-house. We went on their Instagram. It showed pictures of them doing it in-house. So I was like, oh, they must do it in-house. Um, as it turns out, they used both Peters and in-house as well as Stack Metallurgy, which um, I actually sent an email and Angie told me they use Stack Metallurgy as well. And they alternate between those three heat treat methods. Um, it's it's random. It's, if you 
like just because you know like what version Spectre you have doesn't mean you'll know which heat treat you got. And so, you know, I was we if you guys remember, like we argued back and forth on the Discord, you know, lots of people were arguing about it, just about like how much it matters, like, you know, maybe the Holtz do like a special thing with Stack where like, you know, they have because for people who don't know, Stack does Benchmade's heat treat. So the idea was that, you know, Benchmade doesn't have a custom level heat treat or Peter's level heat treat. So the people who get a stack heat treated Spectre are going to have a lower quality knife, right? Um, so I was going back and forth with Angie and I straight up just sent her an email. I just said, look, um, the quality of your three different heat treating methods is a little bit different. According to a lot of people, um, I talked to stack metallurgy directly. They said that they do all their um, hundreds of blades at the same time in one single oven, um, even from different orders to cut down costs. And what? we already know Rockwell tests and cut tests of Benchmade knives haven't been that great. So I sent that to Angie and I said, hey, is there anything you guys are doing to make sure that your quality isn't the same as Benchmade's basically, right? Because you expect more from a Spectre, I assume. Well, they're than a charging Benchmade. six or seven times the price of a Benchmade, they better. Right. So I asked that and I also asked if there's any way for people who already bought Spectres to know which heat treat they got. And the answer to that was silence. So I'm just going to assume that they didn't consider quality at all, um, which I, I kind of already ex expected that, but I wanted to give them a fair amount of time to respond. And I think two weeks is more than plenty. Um, so there, there's that. I really don't like Holt. <laughs> I'll just be honest, like right straight up. Like I, I don't <laughs> like Holt. I think my interactions with them have been really lackluster. And the one time I ask an important question, they're like, oh, we don't want to respond to that because you caught us. Like, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> I think it's valid to feel that way. Uh, mainly, you know, normally I would say like, uh, I would say like, don't uh, make assumptions or whatever. But when you like, if you were having an email conversation with them back and forth and then they just suddenly stop responding after that, like, yeah, that, it, that looks really bad. Then it like looks fishy because it's like, any PR person would know better than to yeah. do that. Right. And, yeah. you know, I wasn't like, oh, your quality is going to suck. I just said, hey, um, the the blades heat treated by stack seem to be inconsistent. Peter's heat treating has a good reputation. I'm sure you guys do a good job, too. But I'm not sure that stack stacks up to them in terms of quality. That's all I said. Um, and the response to that, you know, I felt like that was fairly polite. Like, I was just trying to be like, look, I'll give you room to explain why you went with a lower quality heat treat on your custom knives that you're charging over $700 for. Yeah, it's not like you pushed them into a corner or anything like that. Right, like they could just be like, oh, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, and I, I imagine it isn't, but they could be like, oh, we have a special deal with Stack where they only heat treat a small amount of blades when we send ours in, right? Like maybe maybe that's true or something, but the fact that they yeah. haven't explained themselves at all, I'm going to assume the worst now, that they just send in a bunch of knives, it's the cheapest method with the fastest turnaround time, and the quality is going to be garbage, but you'll get your knives faster, right? You'll get more specters out, more money. So that's what it seems like to me. Big brain, in fact. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> that, that, I, I don't know. Like a lot of the stuff I'm seeing with Holt has just been like bad. I don't know what good thing I've seen as of late. Um, well, you know, um, normally, you know, I would like, I feel like normally I would be kind of, like, oh, well, you know, this is all alleged and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I, I do want to say that there's all... I feel like when you're getting all this bad press, like, it's... I feel like it's warranted at some point. You know, there's got to be a reason that people are saying all these bad things about Holt. You know, it's yeah, not like Yeah, if it was just one or two things, you could kind of overlook it. But when it's been going on for a couple of weeks or months, 
and it's kind of it's over been going and over. on for like a few months now. You yeah, know? all it's... these bad things are popping up. You know, like all these sketchy things. Like what? Like why are they discontinuing the Spectre to make the haptic? Like that was a big thing for a while, and they never answered anything about that. And now they've got this new, you know, um, milling design that's well, quote unquote new. And I tried um, sympathizing with them for a long time, but at some point, you just can't keep making excuses for a company. Like the haptic, yeah. there's only two people, blah, blah, blah. You can go down that route. But eventually, you know, we've got to the point, like you mentioned, with the milling where there's nothing to defend them anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think personally, like I don't think, um, I guess I don't know this, but I feel like if they asked Brian Nadu for permission to, like, use his detent, um, I feel like he would have said yes as long as he credited Right, he's like and credited what, because yeah. he's not going after them for using that, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's shown that he feels kind of spurned by them, but he's not going after them. So I feel like they could have credited him for it. And, and that's part of the rumor, actually, is um he said, or according to Brian Nadeau, he, um they came up to him at Blade, uh, asked for permission to use it. He said, "You can use it for free as long as you give me credit." And the fact that they didn't give him credit even when he was like, you know, extending that friendly gesture, I think that's what made him so upset. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, if, if you were making, if you're a new knife company and you're making a knife and you're like, you know, we're using the same integral detent as Brian Ado, if anything, that would lend credibility to your knife. You would think, um, so yeah, I'm not like, really sure why yeah, they like chose not Brian, to. like he let you use that. So you must be a good maker essentially. Yeah, and and having his name behind it and stuff like that, I don't know. It adds a bit of weight. I mean, even if he's not your favorite maker, you still a lot of people still know him. Yeah, so I think I, what it came down to though is the portrayal of, and this is not Nick Shabazz did not do this intentionally, but the way it came off was, hey, we did our own version of the detent. Ours might be better because we're aerospace engineers, so you know. It's, it's probably cooler, right? Like, I think that's what it came <laughs> off as. Because, you know, I mean, if you watch the video where Nick Chavez first introduces the Spectre, right, the first time that he really shows it off on his YouTube channel, he's like, yeah, you know, they're, they're engineers. They know their shit. Look at this cool detent. Um, I've seen a similar detent by Brian Nadeau, but I don't know. Um, so, you know, at the time, he obviously didn't know, or I don't know if he even knows now, that it's basically stolen. Uh, but even then, yeah. he just looked at it and he was like, oh, I've seen this before. It's kind of like Brian Nadeau's one, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it it's hard. I mean, I would say Brian Nadeau's is pretty. Um, it's obvious, like, you know, like you can tell it's his, like if you saw it. Right. right. Yeah. Like there are some things it's completely that are, different. Yeah, they're completely of... different. It's like the way you make it is so fundamentally different that you can't pretend mm-hmm. that, you know, it's the same thing as like if someone copied like Jason Guthrie's, you know, um, I don't know what it's called, GTI lock or something interface. Yeah. Like if someone copied mm. that, like you would know because who else is doing that, right? Like that's so right. obvious. No one else is doing those yeah. like in like what is it, tungsten rod insert or something? Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when it's that unique, I feel like you really can't and shouldn't pretend that you came up with it as an original thought. Because it's and that's the true. thing about the knife yeah. community. It's it's ran on respect and credit. You know, like there's so many different makers and companies that could definitely patent certain aspects of a knife locks, whatever, and they don't most of the time because they're trying to. Your name gets more respect when you let everyone use it. I feel like, and you mm-hmm. get the respect by everyone. Generally, right. you get more flack if you like if you do patent something. That... Yeah, imagine if Chris Reeve would have. <laughs> 
Oh my um, god. Done that with the exactly yeah. in frame lock. Like ninety percent of knives wouldn't exist anymore. And you know, he gets credited for that yeah, they frame said, lock. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like yeah, all everyone those spider knows code knives. Yeah. All spider code knives call them the Chris Reeve integral yeah. lock. You yeah, know, they don't, they don't even they don't even call it a frame lock. They call it the Chris Reeve integral lock just to give him credit. And everyone know? in the community knows when you say frame lock, Chris Reeve invented that, right? Like that's well yeah. known. Um, I think yeah. that you know, for me, the the what upsets me the most is that you know these the Holtz are not knife people. You know, they're not. I don't really see them as part of the community. Um, and I think they don't really care because if you cared, you would show respect to other makers, right? Because it keeps that culture going of, Hey, we're going to be, we're basically going to open source all of our stuff, right? Anyone can use any of our stuff as long as you give us credit, right? That's, that's what the current, the community currently is. But the Mm. more times people take advantage of other makers and don't give them credit, that's what makes makers say, okay, now we're going to keep secrets, right? Like, right. Cause like, I mean, it's the same thing with like heat treat, right? Like the reason I don't want to just like you know reveal all the all the stuff that i know about heat treat and like about like you know oh this is like the best protocol or whatever part of that is because i know that if i did that i wouldn't get any credit right people would just say oh yeah i i can do 64 hrc m390 now right like i do it too Mm. but no one would be like oh yeah you know it's thanks to whoever right there's plenty of people who just take advantage of it and that's especially with you being like a smaller maker if if a larger maker more well-known maker got a hold of your stuff like the odds of them crediting you are very low right and so because of that i think the more people like the holtz come into the community and start taking like publicly taking advantage of other people and still like doing well right financially that's going to discourage makers from sharing their secrets right because they're going to be like well why would i share this if i'm not going to get any credit for it when i put hours and hours into figuring it out and you can see that with like um designers right mm-hmm. like look at will will parsons i remember when will would um like he will used to share his designs on the knife club discord mm-hmm. right um and i can't remember exactly you know what the deal was i don't want to put words in his mouth or whatever but uh basically he ended up he doesn't he doesn't want to show his designs off because he's worried that people are going to start stealing his designs and he has good reason for that because something happened i just don't remember exactly what but yeah right so like that happened with will where he doesn't want to put his designs out there to the world because people are stealing them you know right and That's also the, for some companies like he was saying when you um, work with spider co they don't let you show the design out in public because that's their yeah. fear as well like um so you know it's just i mean at the, at the end of the day it's just people don't like being stolen from no one likes being stolen from stop stealing <laughs> right like that's what that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to in the end like just show some respect um and you know give credit where credit is due you know no one's gonna be like oh you borrowed that idea from brian nado we're not buying your knife like what that's that's not how that works at all right the only reason to not give credit to another maker is because some ego issue or something i don't even know you know um mm-hmm. um well yeah I think we should, you know, move on a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a good talk on, you know, Holtz and stuff like that. They've definitely been becoming more um, prolifically bad in the knife world. And now I'm thinking it's pretty merited by what's been happening. You know, like there's, you know, there's rhyme, there's rhyme to reason, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I feel, I feel so bad. carries. Um, um, all right. So I guess Brian, I'll go first you want to talk here? about your carry. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So I have a, the <laughs> one of the few knives I have left that currently works um, is a knife sent to me from Keezer in the Discord. Uh, so he mm. sent me a Tucson knife. I don't know what the model number is, but it's kind of like a, a Swayback-ish knife. Uh, it's like a Swayback Quiken with like a copper stripe going um, down all the way down the handle. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. I, I like it a lot. Like the, the interesting thing about it is um, the blade is like really, really fucking thick. <laughs> like it's like <laughs> so thick, like thicker than like my like mic stand bar. Um, mm-hmm. so that's interesting. Um, it doesn't, because of that thickness, like this is one of the few times where I'm like, well, the stock is so thick. It actually affects me cutting things. <laughs> like, oh really? Yeah. That's cool. that's Cause like, it actually wow. like bunches up the cardboard when I'm like cutting through, oh, when I was opening up packages and I was like, huh, stock sometimes matters if it's this thick, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting. I mean, Obviously, there's a limit to stock not mattering, right? There's a point where a stock yeah. gets so thick where it's just like, okay, like now I'm just wedging through the cardboard. Like, this yeah. is kind of stupid. Um, Playing a knife at that point. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, it, it's, it cuts pretty well when, you know, the bunching isn't a problem, but it, I really mm-hmm. felt it. I was like, oh, I'm really pushing this through because it's like, there's resistance. Yeah. But I love the flipping mm-hmm. action and everything, lock up solid, all that stuff's good. Action's good. Um, so, you know, yeah, same knife, but a little thinner stock would actually have been pretty cool, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what I carried today, as I've been carrying the past few days, is a uh, Chris Reeve Knives Small Sebenza 21, which I got from... So, story behind this, the reason I have this is because um, I said I had never tried a... Um, Sebenza before, like I'd, I'd touched one and hooked <laughs> one, but I've never like used one. Um, so Wing from the Discord, he, um, and also, so well, Wing was the one that came to me and was like, hey, I want to get, get you one of these to try out. I was like, okay. Um, and Wing was like, so I'm, I'm going to be buying one soon. So I'm just going to have the guy I buy it from send it to you. I'm like, okay. Um, like, you know, and the guy the guy that Wing bought it from was very, very nice. I just thought he kind of went about this in kind of a very interesting way, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, so, like, the guy, you know, this was bought on Reddit or whatever, and the guy wanted to email me to make sure I was, like, cool with, you know, getting the knife or whatever. And I was like, okay. I, I was like, yeah, you know, the, it's cool. You know, I'm part of the Discord, blah, blah, blah. I'm trustworthy. Um He's like, okay. Um, well, he's like, so I want you to. He basically sent me and wing a contract kind of thing. I I don't know if this would be, actually be like legally binding. I don't think it would. What the hell is he doing like, that for? So you could buy the knife? That's bizarre. Well, listen, just listen. So I think the idea was he was. I think he was just worried that like maybe I would get the knife and then I would say I never got it and wing would be <laughs> mad. Or, like, I would never send it to Wing, I think, maybe is what he's worried about. So I was just going to, like, keep it, um, <laughs> you know? Like, so I think that's what he was worried about. Basically, Wing paying for it and then never getting it because I stole it, which I wouldn't do. But I just thought that was funny. He made me sign a contract for it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but I got it. Uh, and it's actually, I want to talk about it uh, in depth because, so I got, this is my first time, like, handling a CRK. And I got it, and then the first thing I pull it out it's like tick, 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 tick. I'm like what I'm like what the heck's rattling in this thing? And it, that thing rattled like a baby's rattle or like a maraca, right? 
like I'll post a, I'll post a picture or a video of it on the um, website. It's crazy how much the thumb stud. I mean, not the thumb stud. The um, the lanyard tube. Yeah. Pin rattled right, um, and that's obviously because uh, it didn't have a lanyard, right? Um, I don't know if it rattles with the lanyard or not. Do you know? Say by now. Uh, I, I mean, mean it's, I'd probably I don't dampen think it, it typically does. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Anyways, it rattled like crazy, so I was like, "What the heck? This this piece of crap." <laughs> um, but um, but and you know, uh, I was like, "Well, it's still nice. So I'm gonna take it apart and you know look at it." So I took it apart, uh, cleaned it up, and put grease where the lanyard um, pin fits. So I did all that, put it back together, and then um, also used a lighter weight oil. Um, and so I put it back together and now it's like, there's no rattle and it flips like I can flick it open. Um, and it's really nice now. Now, now I really like it. So, you know, it's pretty cool now. Used um, a lightweight what? Uh, I'd used a light, lighter weight old than the grease they give you. All right. Why are you trying, you thinking about making it, um, run better or something? No, I just like the way you say oil. <laughs> well, I knew that was coming. Well, anyways, yeah. Um, so my opinion, my first impressions of that Sabenza was bad, um, and then now they're good. But also, like a brand new Sabenza, small Sabenza is like what, like how much? Three seventy-five. Yeah, right. I don't see it. I'm gonna be honest, right? Like I can buy a ZT for like two hundred dollars with you know. S thirty five VN, you know, full titanium. I mean, maybe you can argue that ZT's heat treat is worse, but I mean, like, I don't know, like, I wouldn't say CRK's heat treat on their S thirty five VN is amazing. It's still pretty soft, right? So, like, I don't know. People say like, oh, the tolerances are great and stuff like that. You know, like if you back off the pivot screw, it's not gonna create any blade play and stuff like that. And like, yeah. It that's true, but like at the same time, like I don't know if I see three hundred and seventy-five dollars brand new, right? Because this is still just two bead blasted slabs of titanium, um, you know, no lock insert or anything, you know, a, a really really rattly lanyard tube, um, and people are like, oh, you know, well the lanyard tube is like that by design, um. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Design. I think that's a bad design, personally, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it doesn't have to be. People, I, people said that maybe like it has to be looser fit for the lanyard to fit better, but that doesn't make any sense to me. So that's just dumb. I'm sorry. Like, uh, I just think that a $375 knife shouldn't have a rattly lanyard tube like that. Um, so and, and I know you can remove it. I know you can remove it, but I it's kind of a nice aesthetically pleasing part of the knife so like why would you want to if you don't you know but yeah um so i like it for like 250 dollars um <laughs> but not for 375 but that's what i was carrying yeah do it i mean well i want to talk about that knife specifically later oh, okay so, yeah. go ahead sure. what about it <laughs> no wait i said later Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Sorry. With, with didn't the hear topic. Yeah. Okay. Very well. Um, so I carried the uh ZT0640 today. Um it's it's pretty cool. Got it somewhat recently. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I've the, wanted one for um, a while. That's the Emerson one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, the, the last good design they made. <laughs> I'm serious. And uh, the other knife I carried was my Spyderco McB, um, because one, the ZT is kind of big, and two, mm-hmm. um, Wing to bring him back up into the conversation again. Um, I purchased a blue carbon fiber scale for my McB from him. Um, and he was kind enough to include some toilet paper, which we all know is in short supply right now, and condoms, because the last thing I need right now is kids. So God, he sends those in everything. I got I got some of those from him, too. That's amazing. Where, why does he have so many? Yeah, Dude, he sends I, condoms with every package. Are they good brand, or are they like lifestyle? Uh, they're Trojans. They're like Trojan basics, so they're like... <laughs> They're good. They're reliable. All reliable. reliable. <laughs> All reliable. Actually, they work. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I prefer directs, but that's just you know me. But um, <laughs> let's all discuss our favorite brand of condom. I'm, I'm um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but um, stuff. Yeah, and and due to some stuff on the Discord, <laughs> I have carbon fiber, not carbon fiber. My card of scales coming in for my 640, which is exciting. That knife would be um, so much better if it came stock, my cardo. Dude, they had to use the worst CF they could find on the market. They had to use the ugliest color they could find too, right? Like, Like if it had been bright green or maybe like a a nice deep forest green, it would have looked fine. It's yellow though. It's guacamole green, dude. Baby shit green. (laughs) Well, it's It's yeah, it's like uh, it's like piss. It's like green yellow with a little bit of brown in there. I hate it. It's terrible. It's like it's so bad. Vomit. It would have looked better just black. You know, yeah, on, dude's marbled carbon fiber. I think would have looked really good on here. They don't know yeah, what they're doing anymore. I don't they think they know half what they're doing. <laughs> have they ever done marbled carbon fiber? Not that I know of. Okay, then I wouldn't expect them to do something that they don't know. Oh four seventy is marbled carbon fiber. Oh, is it? Oh shoot, you're yeah, right. You're right. Okay, yeah, 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 you're right. It, it does. is. Yeah. That's like a well. Yeah, I'm. I'm. How's idiot. the how's the thumb disc? Um. So this one actually came with two. I bought it used, of course, because no one buys knives new. That's stupid. Um, it came with a marbled carbon fiber thumb disc, which I'm assuming is aftermarket, and then the regular titanium thumb disc. Um, I really like them, honestly. It's it's a bit like a thumb stud, maybe a little less versatile, but it's not bad at all. Um, and this one can be front flipped if you really mm-hmm. want it to. Um, I'd probably add some jimping if you were going to do that, to be honest. But yeah, I like it came the with disc. a it's... marbled carbon fiber thumb disc. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it wasn't bad at all. I think I paid like two twenty for it. Oh it yeah, came... that's a good price for all the, you know, everything. Yeah, and it came with a deep um, carry clip and all that, all that good yeah. stuff too. But yeah, um, I like it so far. What what about <laughs> you, Vex? What have you got? Um, I carried my uh, Shiro Grab F three R today. What, what else? What else did you carry? Oh, <laughs> carry that every day. <laughs> you carry what? I'm I'm sorry. I must not be. In the loop, what what, what what else did you carry? You carry something a bit smaller than your share <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. Um, how yeah, is I don't your story. Um, It's a knife. You like it? I've had it for like two years now. That was like Can my I first. You- what? Can I ask you, um, have you noticed that your F3R has um, lock bar travel or anything like that when you squeeze on it? Uh, oh, when I try to like move the lock bar? Yeah. It barely moves. Yeah, because that seems like a common thing with 
uh, Shiro's, right? Like people squeeze their lock bar and it travels like, you know, some amount, which, you know, that just seems like a trend, right? Because like, I don't know, I've, I've squeezed super hard on all of my knives. I don't know, all of my titanium um, frame locks out of curiosity. Like, you know, I don't really think that's like an a crazy test or something. Oh, can we talk about out of curiosity? Okay, so yes, I carried my FBR, cool knife, great knife, whatever. But you know the the Sabenza thirty one video has been floating around, like where that guy has it, and he's has the blade off the hanging off the table, and he's like putting his hand on it. I think that's what he's doing. He's like I pushing down on the shit. spine. And he's like, look at my thirty one, dude. It's it's flexing. Like that shouldn't be happening. Dude, I tried that flexing. with like four of my knives and the blade flexed. The lock bar flexes. Okay, what is it now? Explain it one more time. I'm so gonna try it here. Take your knife, you right. open her up. Right. You um put the handle on the table mm-hmm. and you leave the blade hanging off the table. Like horizontally? Like flat? Yes. So the flipper tab mostly is on touching your table and you could lay the knife like that and it's gonna stand there. So the blade's hanging off the table. You put your hand on the blade, and you press on it while you're holding the handle. And there's going to be, like, a minor amount of flex. Yeah, it's, like, barely visible, but, yeah, it's there. So that's what people are doing with the 31s. They're like, wow, dude, that shouldn't be happening. And I get – I've seen the video, and that one flexed quite a bit because I guess they you'll don't have, have to, a, What You'll have to find us the video at some point. I, I'd I like will, I will say – I do, I do make an exception for CRK because if you're going to sit there and brag about your tolerances, they better be fucking impeccable. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, there's no and excuse not. for that. <laughs> um, no. I mean, that's, that's kind of yeah, all I they have, right? Say. So if that's all you have, you have tolerances. <laughs> you're charging almost $400 for a plain-ass titanium S35 via knife. It better be. I found the video. Look, guys, watch it right quick. Okay, we'll watch it. No, I'll... I'll post it in the website so everyone can see because I feel like this, this one important. like so this is the lock rock everyone's talking about. I wouldn't even see that's lock. That's lock well, that's bar what flex. Video is titled. Um, I don't think that's I actually, lock okay. I I actually see what you're talking about. Like it's like kind of moving um, yeah, like vertically. It's yeah. It's like kind of moving vertically. Um, like if you were to have the knife standing up upright, it's the blade is moving like forward and backward. Um. And what I think that causes that with the Sabenza or the CRKs in general, because I tried that with my umnums on and it did the same thing. But the thing is, we got to realize with the ceramic interface that CRK uses now on the 31 and the umnums on and the Nkosi is not flat. It's a ball. So the mm-hmm. ball is resting, resting on the tang of the blade. So I think it's naturally going to flex like that. Um, but Okay, so this is... Everyone's been calling this lock rock, actually. So lock this rock is to actually, me is when the lock is literally not engaging the tang but, of the blade. But this is what people have been yeah, calling. Yeah, people don't know it. a lot of because right. So well, this I actually want to bring this up now because this was being this was going around in our Discord or whatever, and um, I will have to find the the response from CRK. Oh yeah, it's that, by that, design, fellas. Ba- yeah, but basically <laughs> CRK said that this is by design. Just it's the des- like what Vex said about the the spherical interface. It's just the design of it. It's I have the screenshots of Tim Reeves saying it. Yeah, okay, there dude, you go. It's we'll, kind of like we'll when I that. play video games like I have lately and the game developer is like it's not a lately. bug, it's a feature. It's like <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like 
the thing I'm gonna say is like if it depends on how I don't know how much this compromises any like the structural integrity of the knife or anything like that like I don't know it's maybe it's kind of maybe it's a little bit annoying or something but like as long as it doesn't like uh, the lock doesn't fail or anything like that then I would be like okay with it but I can see how people would be oh yeah exactly because people at the end of the day. Two hundred dollar plus knives are luxury. No one in their right mind that actually is gonna use their shit a lot is gonna buy a freaking Sabenza like, oh dude, I really need this knife to get my work done. No, you don't. Stop lying to yourself. You're stupid. <laughs> Go buy a Walmart knife like with the rest of the boomers. But <laughs> at the end of the day, people are gonna be obsessed with your tolerances because that's what you oh. guys been riding on for the last thirty five years. Um, I'm gonna read yeah. the response from Tim Reeve. Um, so. In regards to all this, Tim Reeve says, um, there is lock bar flex in every one of our locks to some degree. Adding the ball to the Sabenza increased it slightly versus the 21, but the Nkosi and the Umnamzan have very similar. It is a totally sound lock. We are currently looking at tweaking the geometry to see if we can decrease the flex in the lock arm, but right now we are just trying to keep the doors open as the state is trying to shut down, shut our us down as we are deemed not essential. Okay. I don't know. It's fair, I guess. Like, if they're working on tweaking it, I guess we'll just have to see. Maybe I mean, yeah, I can understand if it's like an early version. Um, he said it seems like he's saying it's going to take more time to fix things. They have to get um, Holt's top scientist to figure that out too. Yep, we need some aerospace <laughs> engineers here. Um, but seriously, Craig like, <laughs> I think if it's not ready, then it shouldn't have been released. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fair. Because, um, I mean, like, I this know. is, like, <laughs> when the one thing that you've changed, honestly, from the 21 to the 31 is a problem, then maybe you shouldn't... No, no, you're ignoring the fact that the clip was changed a little, too. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. Now, the diagonal clip. It's now canted. Oh, it's yeah. now canted. It's There's fancy. no more hole. <laughs> I don't know. See, I personally... I personally think they actually should have waited until S45 VN was ready to release the 31. You, right. I mean, they already waited so long. Like, why not just postpone it a little bit longer? I just, I don't know. I just think it's weird, right? Because the, like, the, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because why like would I buy one now if I know they're going to come in the S45 eventually? That's dumb. Right. And you maybe know, they're having some uh, business troubles. <laughs> and <laughs> they might. There, there is something we need to take into account here, which is that he's saying it's a totally sound lock. When you have blade play, like side to side, whatever, it's still sound lock, right? Like having side to side blade play and all that kind of stuff doesn't actually affect the security of your knife whatsoever. We just don't like it. Right. Like, Especially on a $300, 400 knife. Right. It's just something we don't like. So, Especially on a legendary knife, I don't, that was yeah, fine. Exa- right. So I don't care that it's a sound lock, right? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's safe. But if it has significant flex and that bothers all of your customers, then it's a problem still, right? And, you know, you mm-hmm. have to see it as a problem. Like, Yeah, if you're wanting them to pay for it, you need to fix the things that they don't like about it. Right. Well, I've been reading really also, simple. like, because there's a big thread about blade forms now. And there's some people that say they notice it pretty well, and there's others that don't notice it. And who knows? People's anecdotal evidence don't mean nothing to me. Because it's like, dude, mine is perfect, dude. It's like, no, it's not. (laughs) Well, Or some people are like, dude, mine is like flexing like crazy. And he has to like. I think some people are going to notice. Yeah, some people are going to notice it more than others. Oh, yeah. Um, Everyone has different. 
Yeah, I don't it's, know, it's, it's hard like, to tell. Even from the video, even from the video, like you can tell it's moving, but I would have to tell in person how much that would really bother me. You know, to me, what matters most with the lock. Okay, on a, we're talking about Sabenza. If my Sabenza has any sort of play I can't get rid of, it's gonna go back. Yeah, and that's, if it fails, that's the thing is that's right. a huge problem. The the thing is the twenty one doesn't have this flex. Like he says that all of our locks have it to some degree. Uh, I've had like several twenty ones. They really don't flex. Like they're really quite solid. Um, it just seems like a downgrade. You know what I mean? Like I just don't. I never saw a problem with the twenty one to begin with in terms of the lock interface and stuff like that. I don't think it needs an insert. I think people have had their Sabenzas for years and years and years and they've never failed. Um, and they feel secure and everyone likes them. So I don't see why this had so, to be a thing. What I wonder is why it's doing, why it's so noticeable compared to like the Omnimzon, you know, which was like the first uh, one of these knives to have the uh, spherical um, interface, right? Um, like I, I've heard people say that the Omnimzon has a tiny bit of the flex, but not to the degree of the Sabenza. 31 so i don't know what like what's really the difference fundamentally right and the thing is I don't know. another thing i'd like to add is like how hard are people pressing on the blade because my flex might be different than freaking um some bodybuilder's flex when he puts his like hammer arm on it and like it's flexed like right. crazy because there you know, is that, that is no, true yeah. for sure when when we're, when we're talking about blade play um it is a little subjective right like people apply different amounts of pressure like for me like it's even things like, for example, some people say like in order to test side to side play, you have to hold it by the tip of the of the blade, and then from yeah. there on, like wiggle it as hard as you can. Like that's like as hard as you can go, pretty much to test side to side, right? Like me personally, I just grab it by like the center and I just shake it a little and see if exactly there's... like the tip is like super picky. Like on, I'd say on, I'd say like on fifty percent of knives, if you grab it by the tippy tip and wiggle it pretty hard, you're gonna find some play. Yeah, and it's like, man, I don't, and it gives a like, shit. It, even if it doesn't make a sound, if they just feel it move a little bit, some people are like, oh, there's play. And I'm just like, man, like, <laughs> I just don't care at that point. Like, if I got to try really hard, like, you need to, like, give me a step by step guide on how to, there's, like, detect the play. There's, there's three microns of play in this blade. <laughs> but you know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Like, if, if you have to give me a step by step guide on how to detect the play, it's not that significant to me. Like, I just. Yeah. There's a point at which I'm like, if you need to explain it to me in that much detail, it's not mm -hmm. something I'm going to detect normally or care about. Yeah, I think I would yeah. have to get it in person to see it. Um, I, what would bother me, here's the thing, right? If I can do this holding it in my hand, you know, mm -hmm. and make it do that flex like that, then I might consider it to be a problem. But if you have to take the knife and like secure it to the table and then take your like hand and apply a ton of force on you know the blade like that at the tip i'm like i don't know like you're applying a lot of force to it i don't know it's not a fixed blade like right know. the question is like how much leverage are you really putting on this you know like how much yeah um because you can put a uh, you are yeah. yeah a person can put a, a lot of force on a on a knife exactly it, it, a lot more force is... than it might be designed to take you know as and a at the end of the day knife. if it's not dangerous like if you could use it every day for 10 years and not hurt yourself by design of the knife, then who gives a shit? I mean, I still like, care I, a little bit, but yeah, we care yeah. a little bit cause we pay a lot of money for knives. That's right. We're all weirdos anyways. 
Um, but you know, like, and and that's the thing. Like for for like the nine forties, Ben Trey nine forties, you can measure the amount of like play. Like it's literally like <laughs> it's like several thou of like difference between like one stock blade to another stock blade and how thick they are. Which is like okay, yeah, there's obviously going to be play because the blades are freaking different sizes, you know, <laughs> put into the same <laughs> handle. So there, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you guys are just this is a problem. You guys need to fix that, right? Like your blades you cannot fire be. Gym. Right, it can't be like a hundred fifteen thou, like on stock on one blade, and another blade is a hundred twelve thou, and your washers also have a two thou variance. Like that's insane. Like how much play that is. <laughs> if you get like the bat, like the short end of both sticks, right? Like a thinner washer mm-hmm. and a thinner blade. Like that's the cases where people are like, oh my god, my my bench weight's really rattling, right? Like I get it. Right? It's not just that they're exaggerating; it's really measurable and happening. But in this case. Mm. I would need to really see it in person and try it out myself to really know. Um, from this picture, yeah. you can't really see like the arm or sorry, this video. You can't see like his hand or his arm positioning. How yeah, much he force. might just have like a freaking. He might be like in like hand. a stance, <laughs> like knees like bent, like putting as much force as he can, or he could. Just he's be, stepping on it with his foot on the chair. Yeah, he's or just, he's like <laughs> casually just doing it with one hand. Like I don't know, I right. can't tell. Like right, because the video is cropped. So you can <laughs> he's even saying say, on it. Listen, you could even yeah, you could even make the argument that he's holding. He's got the the handle viced in a vice, and he's like putting a tremendous amount of force <laughs> right like, like i mean like, just, uh, just the difference between one hand or two hands which i cannot see from this video right like using both arms or one arm that's kind of a substantial difference in how much force you're applying yep. that so. being said say if it does have doo-doo ass geometry or rock or play whatever you want to call it their warranty is still good yeah probably not right now the back. their warranty yeah. is probably terrible right now because the world's ending but yeah oh, oh man yeah. rona warranty feels bad <laughs> yeah yeah that's um everything's crazy right now um but yeah i think that's a good way to move on to the main topic of this episode yeah so the topic we're doing today is just more of a fun one since this is not going to be a tremendously long episode so we're doing the mount rushmore of knives um so <laughs> when vex said this i was like what the heck does that even mean um, well, so basically we're talking about the top four influential locking knives, right? So what we see as like the, the four most influential um, knives, basically you would think of when you think of, you know, uh, folding knives, right? Um, so, yeah. So uh, one of the interesting things about Mount Rushmore conversations is that everyone has their own definition, right? Like, have you ever seen like sportscasters debate their Mount Rushmore of best like basketball players or best whatever right um everyone has sort of different things that they're looking for so i you know i guess we should all sort of define what we think influential or mount rushmore even means for each of us before we give our suggestions um so that would probably make it a lot more clear right i guess that it just influenced okay so what we'll do what we'll do is we'll say like what falls into the like what we look for in a um mount rushmore of knives and then we'll say the knives that we think and why sure right. yeah that sounds good does that sound good okay um i'll go first since i'm talking already so uh kind of what i think of when i think of like the mount rush more of knives um like i'm kind of thinking of um like iconic designs that everyone knows everyone kind of think of well maybe what i think of for the most part like um you know the big ones that I see talked about 
on social media every day, the things that I like when I think of like a folding knife silhouette, kind of what would pop up into my head. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. for example, like when I would be thinking about what knife to put as the, um, background to the discord, the knife club discord, I was, I would think about something that's everyone's going to know something that's like iconic. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's mostly what I think of. They're pretty generic, right? I don't really think of something crazy like a, you know, nothing crazy like some sort of like um, Boker Mermaid. Empty. Oh, okay. Yeah, Dreams about Norseman. You know, <laughs> Norseman would be closer, but anyways, I'll I'll go ahead and talk about what I think are my Mount Rushmore of knives. So, um, the first one that I would think of consistently and most commonly would be the Spyderco Paramilitary Two. That one just like I feel like I always see like every time I'd open up Blade HQ, um, it'll be the Spyderco Paramilitary Two. It's they're always trying to sell it to me. I feel like, right? Um, especially since they come out with a lot of sprint runs and stuff like that. You know, the knife kind of remains fresh in everybody's mind a lot of time. It's a good knife to uh, recommend to uh, new users. It has kind of a interesting locking mechanism that's you know. Uh, kind of different from a standard liner lock that most people would get when they first get into knives. Um, so yeah, that one makes sense. Um, the next one I think of is the uh, Benchmade Bugout, which um, the reason for this one is because it is a pretty neutral design, but um, also a popular knife. Um, also, like uh, it's the uh, it's the background icon of our. Um, profile icon of our discord server mainly because it's a like you know a neutral design um iconic lock you know mechanism with the axis lock um and also i feel like when you think of a folding knife it's so neutral of a design that like that's just one that would pop up in my head you know like when i'm just like if i were just to i think these are knives that i would recommend to newer people right that are trying to get into the knife world right um, so yeah, so like, uh, bug out paramilitary two, um, and then getting kind of into the, you know, um, higher end range, the Sabenza 21, of course, would be another one mainly because that's an iconic knife that's been around for years. Right. So that one has history behind it. Um, you know, uh, like that knife has just been, you know, idolized in the community for a long time. You know, people will recommend it when you're trying to get into high-end knives. Again, neutral design. You know, it kind of is hard to go wrong with it because it's please. It, it doesn't go drastically so much in one way or another. So it's kind of easy to recommend it to someone because it's you know hard for that person to be like, oh well, that's got something crazy wrong with it or whatever. Um, and also, it has you know the Chris Reeve integral lock, which I feel like, you know, it's a Chris Reeves knife, Chris Reeve integral lock. I mean, that's where it comes from, you know, right? So that's why I think, you know, Svensa 21 is uh, one of the Mount Rushmore knives. Um, and then for my last one, <clears throat> um, I want to say probably, um, huh. Let me think for a second. Um, Probably something like, you know, I'm going to put one out there in the budget range. Uh, probably like a um, a Spyderco, well, either a Tenacious or a Delica. 
either one of those two, right? Um, probably the Delica more than Tenacious, but um, mainly the Tenacious because um, it's much cheaper than the Delica. And like if you go to a Walmart or literally kind of any sporting goods store, um, like a uh, you know Academy Sports or something like that, or uh, Walmart or you know a a hardware store, they all usually have a tenacious Spyro tenacious, um, and so you know, like, I feel like when people think of uh, when people see that knife in stores, they see Spyderco, and so I think maybe that will be like the icon of a folding knife to people. Um, the Delca as well, because the Delca is a knife that a ton of people get because they hear good things about, because it is a backlock. And, you know, people know from history and know from, like, um, uh, you know, Grandpa, who had a backlock, who had his case sodbuster. Um, <clears throat> well, sorry, the sodbuster is a, a, a slip be, joint, yeah. but you get the idea. Uh, you get the idea what I'm trying to get out there. Um, you know, the the buck 110 or whatever, that the backlock's a strong, strong lock. And, you know, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, why... I see all of those knives as a Mount Rushmore knives, iconic knives, even though, you know, the tenacious is super cheap or whatever. Like, you know, I, that's, that's what I think of when I think of like the Mount Rushmore of knives that people should see as like inspiration of what knife, uh, you know, the knife world branches out of. That's what I think. Anyway. But yeah. Um, Wait so, a second, you cut out. Say that again. Um, just I kidding. think that's just kind kidding. of just kidding. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that whole part wasn't recorded. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a that's a list right there. Yeah, there's a list. Uh, Vex, you want to say your Mount Rushmore of knives? Uh, yeah. I don't know how you didn't say this one because it's like the most iconic knife ever. The good old Buck One Ten. Y'all are I, fucking stealing all my stuff. Like, y'all are really pissing me off. Also, Vex, you need to explain your reasoning. I considered saying that, but... Well, actually, I didn't consider saying that until I brought up the case sodbuster. <laughs> Think um, about it, I've guys. Never, Every one of our boomer dad, grandpa, whoever man in our family had a buck 110 at one point. 100% or, facts. Uh, or see, similar knife. Yeah, or old-timer right? or something like that. Personally, I I was uh, had a hand-me-down from my grandfather... A case sodbuster, so that's why I thought case sodbuster instead of the buck one ten. But I see where you're going with that, and I agree with you. So yeah. So that's the first one. I did. I looked it up, and the buck one ten came out in 1964. I'm not a mathematician, so do the math. Jesus Christ! It's like uh over it's, 50 years. Um, it's like 55 years. 56. 56. <laughs> depending on depending on what time of the year. <laughs> depending on what month you're born. Anyways, <laughs> well, that's the first one. Um, then of course the classic Sabenza. I think it's been made for 31 years now. I think that's what it means. I could be wrong. Who knows? That's like the... <laughs> Wait, what? what do Hold you on. Mean? We only, we only get a new one every 10 years. <laughs> no, they had the 21. Then they went to 25 or they went. Yeah. Why'd they go to the 25 to the 21? Who, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I, the way, listen, the way you said this Max, is like, there is a, like a Sabenza 11 or a Sabenza one. There is a Sabenza 11. Like Air um, Jordan's on. Listen, uh, the, Sabenza, <laughs> the Sabenza 21 was first introduced in 1990. Why? Hold on. They've been making this knife for, excuse my <laughs> language, 30 fucking years. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. You know what's sad? I literally read a whole thread about that like two weeks ago and I forgot everything about it. He's in South Africa when he started making it, so technically it's a South African knife. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would say it's a South African. I, I think it's a South African design. Um, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, you know, CRK was founded in 1984, so I'm like, yeah. Um, manufacturing in Boise, Idaho in 89, and then in 90 he made the, the Sabenza. Okay, so that's my second on my list. Legendary knife. Everyone knows what it is if you know what knives are. Or if you're into knives. It's amazing. If you know what knives are. Um, <laughs> so that inspired like a whole generation of knives, obviously. Mm-hmm. My third one. And this is a hard one. The third one's a hard one to me. I'm going to have to go with the Benchmade 940. Yeah, that one's fair. Which came out in 2000, so, so 20 years old this year. How'd you know that? Did you look that up? I looked it up like three days ago. Okay. But that was Benchmade's flagship forever. I think Mm -hmm. the bug out's the new flagship, honestly, just because it's... Oh, yeah, it's taken over, especially in raw sales numbers, I'm sure. um, you know, the the 940 is like... That that one still is thought of well. I mean, just ask uh, Wrangler Star, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's been having the knife forever. He touts his 940. I have a my 40. It's like the fourth or fifth nice knife I ever bought. And at the time, I thought it was the best thing ever. But now I'm just like, I look at it and it's off center. The blade is touching the scale. I, I stripped every screw on the knife possible. <laughs> so okay. I don't use it anymore. But it's still legendary. It's a great knife. Well, actually, the blade kind of sucks. But who cares about that? <laughs> Who gives a shit about the blade? Yeah, who cares about the blade, guys? It's legendary. And um, the fourth one, and this is debatable to me. I was going to say the Spyderco military, but I think the PM2 is way more influential. Yeah, I don't think the the regular military is as influential as the paramilitary 2, right? Like, Yeah, the PM2, everyone... Dude, you could be a normie, and you kind of know what a PM2 yeah. is. Like yeah. honestly, and you know, uh, people people say might say the para three, but personally, I don't think the para three really has as much traction as the paramilitary. I two. don't like the para three. I'll, people I'll might like people like might like the para three better, but I don't think it's like I liked the para three lightweight prolific. better than the actual para three yeah. and the actual para two. So, so it looks like the nine forty came out in two thousand and four. What? Yeah, that's what I'm reading. Um, says that it has been produced for more than 14 years. Oh, when was that written? In 2018, so 2004. Um, that's the only thing I can find right now about it. Um, so that's my list: is the Buck 110 original Boomer, then mm-hmm. the Sabenza, the new Boomer. <laughs> then the 940, 940 that's like the zoomer knife kind of it's getting a little bit millennial now actually and the pm2 yeah. that's like ultra fast zoomer like dude i could like unlock the knife from the back dude <laughs> like, oh okay dude yeah you, my my uh, fingers are in the blade path because that's that's what we're worried about knives Cause we have the okay. motor skills of like someone that never mind but jake do you want to go <laughs> yeah so um when when a lot of people think of Mount Rushmore, they just think, oh, all these people were amazing. Okay, let's be honest. 
there are some shit presidents on that mountain. Like, they're <laughs> iconic. Everyone knows them, but some of them were kind of shit. Like, George Washington sucked, let's be honest. Okay, so... Um, good what, God, what, man. Where I'm, where I'm going from this is these knives are not knives necessarily that I like or that I own or that I would own, um, but to me, they're iconic. They've... They've made a big splash in the community, and I think they're going to be around for a long time. And they have been around for a long time. Um, I think it would have been better if I went first, but it's whatever. It's fine. It's not like you guys have used all these already. Um, so PM2, it's probably Spyderco's bestseller by a mile. It's very well known, very well regarded. They've made a billion versions of them. You can buy all kinds of aftermarket stuff for them. It's an incredible seller, um, and everyone knows it. The I'm gonna have to go with the 940 over the bug out. I prefer the bug out a lot, um, but the 940's been around so long, and I really don't think it's going anywhere. To be honest, no. um, the bug out's kind of still at spotlight, but I don't, I don't see it disappearing at all. Mm. Um, no, I mean you could also make the argument that the grip till in is a <clears throat> uh, yeah I, yeah it's I, I consider that one as well. Um, which the de- bug out has definitely killed actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> next the the buck 110. Um, it's just one of those knives that when people say the word knife, I kind of think about, I've never owned a regular buck 110, but it's just kind of always in the back of my mind, I guess. And then mm. of course the Sabenza 21. Good God. We've got all the same choices basically. Boom. I mean, <laughs> to be, to be honest, it's, I guess, well, the question is really... not a whole lot you can pick from because everyone knows that those knives are all super well, important. Know. All right. Um, yeah. Let me go. Let me go. Yeah, let me add him. <laughs> All right. Listen. So when you're talking about Mount Rushmore for me, um, it's not just the most iconic, um, although that is important. But when you look at the actual Mount Rushmore, like not all of them are iconic. One, one, 25% of the Mount Rushmore presidents are not iconic. Who? I mean, nobody really cares about Theodore Roosevelt. You motherfucker. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on. We're going to have a whole separate argument here for just a moment. Okay. No one gives a fuck. Are you kidding me? He was the most badass president we ever had. No one gives a fuck about Thomas Jefferson. You want to throw that out there? That's fine. Everyone, but everyone that. knows him because he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Like Everyone no one, knows that's George a- Washington because of the Revolutionary War. Everyone knows Abraham okay. Lincoln because of the Civil War. Then you got Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> Dude, Theodore Roosevelt single-handedly like busted so many people's ass. He literally got shot and continued his speech. He could beat the shit out of the other presidents. So he's okay. like a hinderer of the presidents or what? No, what I'm Thomas saying Jefferson is, I'm not saying he's wrote not the, the Declaration of Independence. Hold on, Declaration of Independence is fucking stupid. No, no, but listen, oh listen. God, I'm man, not listen. saying I'm not saying he's you know, not our badass. Audience? My point is he's on the he's on the Mount Rushmore because he's badass, right? Not because he's iconic. Because how many people really know about Theodore Roosevelt? Everyone. No, they don't. Like I used to teach yes, US they history. Do. No one knew who Theodore Roosevelt was. <laughs> I, I promise you, grab any random high school student, they can tell you who George Washington is. That's because he was first. He did nothing remarkable at all. But that's not, that's what I'm saying is that iconic general. is not everything, right? So I'm applying the same logic to this list, right, of my knives. Is that- hey, guys, stay tuned after the Behind the Edge podcast for our history argument podcast. Okay, but just because <laughs> a knife is iconic doesn't mean it deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore. So, for example, the bug out, 
is pretty iconic, but it's also garbage, so it doesn't deserve to be on the Mount Rushmore, right? Like, there's more factors to me for me than just being iconic or even influential. I mean, well, Washington you know, is I still garbage, like but... the bug out. I still like the bug out, even if it's got a crappy uh, lock system. Titanium access bar, yeah, yeah. That's not its fault though. That's Benchmate's now, fault. So here are my four choices. I'm gonna I'm gonna justify them, right? So first is the Buck One Ten. Not just because it's iconic, right? Because everyone knows what the Buck 110 is. It's one of the first folding knives. It's one of the first knives that got popularized. I think it also started a really important trend, which was the idea of having a special heat treat, right? Like everyone knows about their special heat treated 420HC and stuff like that. Um, so it basically got people in the mindset of, hey, heat treat matters. So I thought the Buck 110 was the first knife that really did that. Um, that got kind of forgotten over time, Brian but it did start that. new shit to the discussion. Wait, what? That's 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 a good point. Yeah, so that's that's why I think the Buck 110 is not just iconic, but also it influenced, like it created a trend of heat treat matters. Like you know, it, it actually affects a nice performance and is significant. And then the second one we all agree on this one is Sebenza 21 because of the frame lock. But I also think the silhouette of the Sebenza has influenced custom knives that are still popular <laughs> today. I think the Duck, right, the Utsler Duck and the mm-hmm. Shambari are literally just Sebenzas, but like prettier, right? I think that's fair. I think a lot of knives. Yeah, I think it, a lot of knives are taking inspiration. I'm not saying they're knives. copies. I'm just saying that you know they're they are yeah. basically prettier Sabenzas, I mean, right? Like, no, I think that's fair. I think that's yeah, like it's fine. Yeah, because yeah. the duck is a Sabenza with an inlay, right? And that's fine. And the Shamari is a front. I don't know anything Sabenza. about the duck. So you I know. hate the name of it. So <laughs> I just don't, yeah. but my my point being that the Sabenza, given its lasting impact and having created the frame lock, obviously, which dominates. All trends right now it has to be on the yep. list um i put the pm2 there because the spidey hole is g- getting more and more popular a lot of custom makers are you know trying to use incorporate hole opening methods um you know the compression lock is also really popular not a lot of custom makers are copying that yet but part of that is due to you know like legal concerns and stuff like that um yeah but you know a lot of times people ask like hey i wish this had a compression lock or whatever I think it also was one of the first like tactical knives, like really popular tactical knives, um, which is not a trend that I'm really happy about, but is a thing, right? It is very. Well, it is. It is a tactical knife. I mean, think about the name, the paramilitary. Well, exactly, like too. that idea of like knife is cool, stabby, um, <laughs> open, quick, stabby kind of thing. That's like that is the paramilitary too. The last one, which is the only one I I'm gonna suggest that wasn't suggested previously, is the Hinder XM18. Um, I mm. think that this knife started a very, very huge um, era, like the overbuilt era, where people were building like very thick handles, very thick blades, you know, like this That's kind of before knives. our time, though, as far as like being knife fans. But yeah, I agree with you. It, what it was about very the important. Buck 110, though? What do you mean before our time? <laughs> what, what I meant was like the, what I'm referring to is those overbuilt knives. They're not that popular anymore, but. Like no, no. I, 2010, I, right. 2012, I they were Well, look huge. at, like, ZT's entire marketing, right? Right. Like, so, like oh, that, and, you know... Okay, you're like, implying that ZT's popular. <laughs> right, but my, my point uh, being that um, the overbuilt knives were an important time period, but also... Yes, the, they were. Yeah, and also the, the other thing to consider is that it's not just about, like, what's popular now or still popular in modern times. If it was popular for a long enough period of time, I think it deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore. Um, similar to how, for example, like, you know, um, to bring like basketball into this, right. Cause that's like a place where people talk about Mount Rushmore all the time. Who are the best four basketball players? 
Um, what Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan is always on people's list, but then people get a little hazier where they're like, Hey, what about, you know, Wilt Chamberlain or Wilt Chamberlain? Or what about, you know, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Bill Russell. And and those are all for different reasons, right? Like completely different reasons. And these fucking people are. So Bill, Bill Russell has the most rings, like championship rings. Um, Wilt Chamberlain has the best records in game. Like, you know, most points scored over whatever period of time. 100 points in a game. And then uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is known for, like, being an incredible... He has the most points ever. Yeah, and also having, like, an unstoppable shot, quote-unquote, right? So they all had different things. For me, like... But the thing is, you know, most of those players... Like, you can argue about it, but most of those players, their errors are over. Um, Wilt Chamberlain's style does not work in today's NBA, people would argue. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's style... Like, they'd still be great players, but their their style isn't popular anymore. It's outdated. People shoot three. Game has changed. The game has changed. Right? People shoot more threes now. So similarly, you know, the overbuilt era is over by and large. I mean, overbuilt knives aren't is completely dead, but you know, they're not as popular as like the sleeker knives, right? Like people like. The, I don't think it's overvexed, but I think it's dying. Right? Isn't it's shifting? Yeah. We're seeing a shift towards thinner knives. You know, like you're generally criticized if you come out with a Medford. Like, right, right, exactly, exactly. Honest. Well, I'll give you a good reason why I wouldn't say it's dying, but it's definitely changing, like you said, because look at the tri what the hell is it called? Triway pivot, triway, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so not only that, I was also gonna just say, look at how ZT, even though they're doing a poor job of it, they're trying to <laughs> market themselves as not being overbuilt, or right? Whatever. And you know, the fact that Hinder X18 is even going to bearings now, right? Like, times are changing for sure. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that it, it it was such a, it still is influential now and it's still such a dominant part of that his part of history that I think it deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore just because of that. Because when mm-hmm. I look at now it's like the 940. Yeah, everyone knows what the 940 is. But what what did it really influence? Like, I can't think of a single knife that I can say, oh, that got influenced by the 940. Mm-hmm. I think it popularized the access lock. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what, that's what I would because that's um, become especially since the patents lifted. That's become such an iconic lock. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like right up there with the... Consp- I would say it's more popular than the compression lock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, I, but I, I, I would think say it's, it's more popular it's than so compression It's so prolific lock. in the community. You know what's weird? Because like, I'm looking it up right now. The first Benchmade with the Axis lock was the Benchmade 710. I don't, know what the, was that? I don't even know what the hell that is. That's the William Henry one, right? Or something? Yeah, that is. And the first Spyrico with the um, compression lock is the Centifonte 3 or the Vespius. Yeah. This is the same knife. So, the Vesuvius was the Vesuvius, which I've been looking for for a while. Is it's very, very similar to the Centifonte three, um, but like Vex said, it does have a compression lock instead of a back lock. Um, they mm-hmm. often came with inlays, and instead of being pinned, it has screw construction. I believe it has a different steel as well. If any of you see one of those for sale, let me know. <laughs> so, yeah. I just think mm-hmm. that the nine forty works as a Mount Rushmore knife because it's kind of a knife that. Um, I feel like define like like when you think of Benchmade, what knife do you think of instantly, right? Yeah, but um, you know, but here's the thing: you could I mean, argue yeah. that for every representative knife of a company, like the O five six two for ZT or whatever, right? Like every company yeah, does. Right, but yeah. when you think of a pocket knife, I still think that a lot of people will think of a nine forty just because it's so yeah popular. I just don't think the nine forty influenced any other knife outside of within the the company itself of Benchmade. Well, you know, that's just depending on your your definition of a Mount Rushmore knife, though, right? Yeah, yeah. No, just my definition is that it needs to be like a generational knife that like influenced Mm. a series of knives moving forward. Like Buck 110, you still have clip point knives that are like people will say, yeah, Buck 110, right? Like um, Mm. Sebenza, obviously, Duck and Shamari, you know, 
um, Hinder XM18, like all those overbuilt knives, pretty much. Like I, I just think that those are all generational knives that sort of encompass like a large portion of time, and I can look at a knife and say this was influenced by the XM18. This was influenced by the mm-hmm. 21. I just can't look at a knife and say, yeah, the 940 caused this. You know, like they someone drew inspiration from the 940, like the design of I feel it. Like or the whatever. 940 kind of brought like uh, the reverse Tonto. Into, there's not very many reverse tontos out there though that's true. yeah is that even big though you know like that's what i mean like no. it, the 940 is i think its own individual like huge thing right but it wasn't really influential it's sort of like when you see players in basketball who do like really well themselves but don't actually make their team better so to speak <laughs> um yeah. like because that, that is actually, oh, that is a feature right you need to make your team win right you need to make everyone else it better it could have been Inspired. partially influential for kind of smaller lighter thinner knives um because with the the sevens is not huge necessarily but the buck 110 and the pm2 are both pretty big and kind of chunky mm-hmm. um so it, it could have helped towards that i, I don't think it was see this but question yeah, is kind of I mean, weird it's not too, as clear like yeah. the connection isn't as solid i think and this is why I said locking to, knives because I don't know it. shit about slip joints, and slip joints are obviously before locking knives. Right. I'm not touching that because that would just piss people off. Yeah, I don't know so. anything about <laughs> oh, yeah. it, so I don't know what's like. I don't know the influential models. They have. <laughs> yeah, like I know, like see, I don't know. The only thing I, the only slip joint I have is my. Oh, I do have another case, um, that I found recently that my other grandfather gave to me, but like the first. Such one I ever got, and one of the only ones I have is a case sodbuster, but I don't know how like influential it is or how many people had one or whatever. I, I have a few Victorinox. I have the Whaler, and then I have a Benchmade Pro. Oh, why didn't? Okay, well, one the honor honorary mention of my list is a uh, a Swiss Army knife, just any sack. <laughs> yeah, I was maybe just a Victorinox. Yeah, um, because when people think of a pocket knife. They'll think of a Swiss Army knife, even especially though in other countries. Even though personally, I think of Swiss Army knives a lot of times more as multi tools. Yeah, because um, the knife part's almost useless. Secondary, honestly. Yeah, they're yeah. just like tiny little blades to cut. Yeah, maybe a small package or something. Yeah, or strings, box. letters, like yeah. tiny stuff. To be honest, on but, oh sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, but yeah, I mean, I think they, I do think they fit the category enough to be iconic enough, or however you want to describe it, they influenced a lot of knives, a lot of different um, knives, quote-unquote, multi-tools, whatever. So, um, I would also say that... Um, so, it's kind of weird, in a sense. Um, this would be like my honorary mention. Um, it would actually be the Kaiser Gemini. I know that's kind of a weird one, but I think that, you know, yeah. people just don't remember... Like, but it caused like one of the biggest changes in the knife scene in recent memory, um, which is the influx of titanium frame lock S35VN Chinese knives. Because um, mm-hmm. if you remember yeah. when the Gemini first came out, like it was hot. Like that was just like everyone was buying a Gemini, you know. And I will say the the Chinese like titanium frame locks are probably the most prolific knife nowadays that people are buying. Right, like, and so, and I think people have everywhere. forgotten about the Gemini just because. Um, they see so many Chinese frame lock knives that, you know, they just forget about it, right? There's so many to remember. Well, that and Kaiser's putting out like five a week. Right. And this is, this is the part where I say, I bring up Theodore Roosevelt. How many people remember Theodore Roosevelt? Not that many, but he still deserves, (laughs) but he still deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore. 
And similarly, I apologize to all the American patriots that listen to our one social distancing. No, I'm distancing saying he deserves law to be anymore. there, but nobody knows who ass. he is. And similarly, um, you know, how many basketball like fans, like people who watch basketball, really know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or watched a single one of his I've, games? I've heard. I never watched basketball. I've heard the name before, at least. Right, but you it's know, you song. know what I mean. Though, like a lot of people don't know him. They don't. I mean, they'll recognize Michael Jordan, right? But. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Yeah. Maybe not. I know so, Michael Jordan because of Space Jam. <laughs> yeah. So, so and exactly, he's iconic, right? But um, my point Kareem, would be that... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a song. It's called Kareem. Yeah. But my point would be that the Kaiser Gemini is, for two reasons, Um, my honorary mention for Mount Rushmore is, one, the silhouette is obviously from Ray LaConico, right? It's very simple. It's sort of, you know, like people still like produce that produce that silhouette right with the jasmine and stuff like that you right the alliance knives um but also just bringing into i think it was the knife that really brought titanium s35 yen um frame locks from china into into the states i really think that was the one knife i can point to where it was like yeah that's where it started to really happen because yeah yet, that's kind of pivotal right because yes there were some riot knives that were early on you know when david ding posted in blade forms but let's be honest, um, undeservedly, most people on Blade Forms just dismissed him, right? They were like, oh, it's Chinese, it's going to be garbage. China bad, yeah, China and they, and they bad. just ignored him, right? And now they're looking back and thinking, oh, we were stupid, right? Because now Riyadh has yeah, good reputation. It, but, um, it's like killed the American knife industry's like lower and mid-end. Dude, when the Horizon A came out, people were like, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> yeah, so so I think, I think Riyadh is huge. But I don't think that um, due to honestly like sort of xenophobia and stuff like I don't think that they had as much impact as the Gemini did with its timing and the way that it arrived. I would say Kaiser honestly even though they're probably at this moment one of the least respected like higher end Chinese brands. Mm -hmm. They're they're really the ones that broke into the market over here. Yeah they they really really paved the road and everyone forgets that. Because now it's all like oh you know Wii's so great or Riot's so great or Beztech's great. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, like, when I took that break from Knives and I came back, um, I didn't even know any of these companies. Like, I'd never heard of Wii before. Ria, I barely knew. Right, I had one knife from them, and they were barely well-known at the time. Like, it was really all Kaiser in the beginning. And I think that the Gemini was the first knife that really did it for them, you know, that people were like, oh, we mm-hmm. want that. Um, mm-hmm. It was getting sold out everywhere and stuff, you know? So I remember when I first got into Knives when I was younger, when I'm like, oh, how old would I be, like? Uh, like uh, around like 15, 16 or something like that. I really liked this really, really ugly Kaiser knife. Um, <laughs> There's so many bad to, ones. There was so many bad ones. It. The handle was like a really kind of like the CRKT wrinkle or whatever they call it. <laughs> the blue turd. Oh, God. One. My brother um, had one. They're but, awesome. But uh, <laughs> the handle was like a crazy like rainbow color. Um, <laughs> God, I want to find it. They have so like... many models. It's ridiculous. Oh, I found it. I found it. Ready? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found it. It's literally called the. It's, listen, it's literally called the Kaiser Tonto Frame Lock Knife Anodized <laughs> Anodized Titanium. Oh, I found it. I'll I'll uh. I'll post it on. It's um, almost a nightmare. Website. Grind. <laughs> what the yeah, hell is um, that? It's so stupid looking. It has uh, the old I, Kaiser logo. Rest in peace. Yeah, oh dude, my god! I would like, be upset if I bought that anywhere other than a flea market. I was like a kid though, you know. And this is like old Kaiser too, you know. This is like um. How old are you? Twenty. Oh, okay. Almost twenty-one. 
This would be like 2015. <laughs> like this would be like 2015, right? Honestly, <laughs> the Boker Mermaid looks way better than this. It looks so bad now, but this is a knife I almost bought. I'm not even <laughs> joking. This would have been my first like quote unquote high end knife. Oh my god! Uh, can you right. imagine who saved that? you? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll being broke. <laughs> like that was an expensive knife. Your girlfriend's sure. like, I'll leave you if you buy that. Well, I think my girlfriend of the time, not the same one I'm with now. This would be a different one. Um, you know, years ago or whatever, she got me a PM2. Does that um, have a lock bar stabilizer? Yeah. He took a page out of Hinder's book, didn't he? Look at that flipper yeah. tab. It looks like a, a, a Hinder flipper tab. It's awful. <laughs> that, you see, that guy's like, Americans like Hinder's well, shit? All right. Look at look at the back. <laughs> look at the back with the next to the pivot. Uh-huh. Like, what's the little medallion thing? Oh, so you can put the clip over there. Oh, duh. I was like, what is that for? That's um, pretty big brain right there. I ain't gonna lie. Except for the grind is actually dog shit. Well, whatever. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I don't know how. I wonder what kind of pivot. Is it hex? Is that what that is? <laughs> I don't know what the frick that is. Yeah, it looks like hex or Allen or whatever. It's you huge. Call it. it looks like it would strip instantly. It's a T30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. That's a good um, topic about this, or a good thing about this topic is what are the the new generations gonna? What's their Mount Rushmore gonna be? Because honestly, like. 20 years ago, the Mount Rushmore for knives was different now. So what well, is it going to be now? Yet, you know? I don't know. I would say for sure the bug out's still going to be up there. Oh, yeah. Um, Probably, maybe. I doubt. I, I don't think, honestly, I don't, I don't think the Sabenz is going to stay much longer. It's been around so long. I get that. It'll be the Sabenza 31, dude. I think the Sabenza no is going to stay around until the sun blows up, dude. What do you mean that nobody likes the 31? Everyone hates the 31. Everyone ever. Dr. Funky said so. Wow. Everyone hates it. What's wrong with the thirty-one? I know that's a little bit polarizing. With people like... said it's people say it's ugly. What? What's the difference? It looks exactly it's the same. It's the same. It's the, the same inla- knife. The inlay one is ugly. Oh no, oh, the wow. inlay is good. I hate everyone that doesn't. I like the inlay. Now, actually, I do want to show you guys. I don't mind guys... it, but that's what everyone says. I do want to show you guys something interesting, though. This is weird. <sighs> um, this I'm I don't know why I'm looking at this left hand. Um, and Singo, uh, are all um, Savenzas like this with where they have the uh, the polished handles, but the lock. I don't know who put the Kaiser oh, Peckery okay. in there, but so, I want one of those little things. That question came up. So all the Savenzas are Chris Reeves with inlays. So my Carta inlays are not polished handles, but if it's wood or carbon fiber, it's polished. It's polished, and they don't yep. they don't polish that lock bar for who knows fucking what reason. Well, so actually, I was I was, <laughs> I was very very close to purchasing a um a wooden lay cement. This is probably a year and a half ago or so because there's a shop local to me that carries pretty much just cementes and uh, coins and stuff. But um, I went in the store, I checked it out, and when I saw that they didn't polish the lock bar, I got so angry that I just I was just like, fuck it. I'm why never buying one of those things. Why would they not polish the lock bar? Because they're lazy bastards. No, I heard I someone said it's for um, traction for so your mad. your um, clip. Uh, that's dumb. Though. I don't know how true that's that is. Fucking that doesn't stupid. Make any sense. I mean, I think it looks pretty dumb. If they had why bad. why would you do that? It's such a pretty and their wooden lays. Some of their wooden lays oh, yeah. are incredible. I'm getting a wood thirty one. I don't care. And then they ruin that shit. I'm gonna polish it like myself. It's so stupid. Um, I also put the uh, the Kaiser Picari 
little pocket tool. And it's adorable. Just, it's, I'll, like, it's like a chubby like little, a little rhino. Weird dinosaur I'll thing. Post it, I'll post it in the website as well. It's like it's a like pig, a actually. It's, it's like cute, cute as hell. Cute little animal type thing. What is the little... It's like <laughs> a little, like, tiny little screwdriver type thing <laughs> that fits into its eye. I like um, how China just does this random shit with all their leftover titanium. It was like, let's make some dude, more shit. Oh, this one's stainless steel, but... I guarantee you somebody was... I guarantee you somebody was high as shit when they came up with this design. <laughs> yeah, it's, um... They're like, draw something up. Um, we gotta sell something. It, it, it has four standard hex wrench sizes, two Torx bit... Um, a scraper, through the a flathead eye. screwdriver, a nail puller, a bottle opener, and lanyard hole. So this is a rival to like the CRKT snail or whatever. I have a snail. I love it. It's adorable. This looks better than that, actually. I think this. Actually, hey, fuck off. This looks more like an animal. Like like little. The feet. snail. What are you talking about? The snail looks just like a snail. But look at this. He's got feet. The snail. The snail doesn't have feet because it doesn't have feet in real life. Yeah. Um, you know, well, now that we're done done with the most of the podcast, I'm gonna end the podcast on a tangent, um, completely unrelated to knives, just because I want to talk about this because I think it's weird. Um, but you know, I've been home for um for break or well break. I've been home because the coronavirus has taken over my school, and you know we're not going back to school for the rest of the semester. They've even <laughs> they've even canceled summer. Cl- well. I say canceled. They've made it to where summer classes will be completely online. Um, How are y'all doing exams? Uh, uh, it depends by the course, but you're just doing them online. Ooh. They're just like you know, you, if you have to type something, you have to type it online. If you, have, you know, it's just I don't know. What kind of question is that, man? Like it's just <laughs> online. Well, what I'm referring to is like if there was any anti. Uh, cheating measures in place. I think there is for some classes where they I probably can... didn't say that well enough because I'm half asleep. So, think, yeah. Well, I think there is for some classes where they like monitor monitor it or something like that. Um, I mm-hmm. don't have any proctored exams. Um, gotcha. But yeah, like there is some like anti cheating type. There, things. There's a software that locks your computer and also the camera is like forcibly turned on so they can watch you while you're <laughs> forcibly well, turned on. I'm not even kidding. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, but what? that's not for my me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just that, saying that yeah. exists. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, the only thing that I've noticed is like you can't like highlight text to copy and paste it, but like you, you could you could theoretically still go and like well, type it up in the monitor. That's know. how it used to happen when I had art PC? appreciation. They would lock my computer down, do but I would just too. use my phone to like look up the answers. Yeah, you could do that, but that's what that's what it is. It's you know. Well, okay. Well, another thing about that is that like my. All of my classes this semester, I can switch them all to credit only, and it, and I'll still get credit for them. Like I effectively could like you know make C minuses for the rest of the semester, and I'll still get credit for the courses, and it won't affect my GPA at all. Um, even though I would be getting like a you know a one point like seven five uh, GPA for the semester. You're anxiety with that. That's. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. I just have a note on my um, transcript that the due to coronavirus, you know, my grades are credit only. But anyways, with my story, I'm home, um, you know, for coronavirus or whatever, and away from my uh, college town, which is every day getting many more cases. Um, and like you know, I've been I was home for like a week or two or whatever, and this this is. This was supposed to be tied into the snail, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I come home one day and my mom has randomly bought a big ass fish tank full of like <laughs> a bunch of fish and a snail and stuff like that. What the and fuck? And I'm like, I'm like, mom, why did you buy this? And she's like, I don't know. I just wanted to, you know, like take care of all these fish or whatever. I'm like, what, what the heck, man? <laughs> so did she do any research beforehand? My mom works at PetSmart. Uh, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That, so like, I'm mother. not going to lie. I was a little worried. No, y'all good. Okay. Well, <laughs> scared the shit out of me for a minute. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just like something weird about my mom, I guess. Like, it's just rant, like not expected. Um, That's like a big, like a big impulse purchase. You can hide a knife. You yeah. can't hide in a damn fish tank. Yeah. Like I, I was asking my dad, I was like, did you know mom was going to do this? And he's like, <laughs> no, like, I don't know. You know? Um, so I don't know, but yeah, you know, with school being out, um, it's crazy. You would think we would have more time for the podcast, but I feel like we're all like, I don't know. Our schedules are all jacked up. I feel so damn busy right now and I have no idea why. Like if I laid out my time, it probably wouldn't be quite that bad, but I, I don't know. Everything's really hectic. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just, we're, I don't know. I, I'm personally like we've had all of my school stuff, all of my due dates are changed around. So I'm having to like, you know, redo, relearn things like, uh, relearn my schedule basically. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah. And then Vex, uh, another pro the reason we're recording this episode on a was today. It's a Thursday night. Um, now it's Friday for me. It's two sixteen AM Friday, April the 3rd. Um, <laughs> the reason we're recording this episode so late, is because like, um, well, on Sunday we couldn't get everybody together because everybody's power was out for some godforsaken reason, um, and then Vex has been switched to night shift, um, and so he doesn't get off work until you know tw- he got home at like twelve ten. I know? haven't so seen like, the sun in two weeks. It's <laughs> depressing. Mm, rip. I miss those days. It's terrible. Absolutely. Yeah. I used to like night shift because my first job was night shift. I'm like, dude, I save so much money. I just go to Denny's and that's about it. Then, then you get severely depressed. Then yeah. um, your wife leaves you. See, but, I was already, I was already depressed. So night shift, <laughs> like being basic, because you're basically isolated. Dude, I save uh-huh. so much money in night shift because I literally didn't do shit with my life besides pay, play games and go to Denny's once in a while. <laughs> I've actually exactly. been saving a lot of money just because I can't go anywhere. <laughs> nothing to do. Yeah. Um, although most of that is going to Darth now because um, I have to pay him back for the Discord exclusive, um, which he very kindly offered to uh, spot me for um, since I wouldn't have the money at like for it at the due dates for the, you know, like to turn in your your deposits or whatever. So he very kindly offered to first spot me for the deposit, which was like $100. And then uh, spot me again for the final, like, $100. Um, so Darth is a really good guy. You know what we nice should talk man. about next episode? What? Catgirls. Is um is Blade Show going to get canceled? Yes. Blade <laughs> Show's going to be canceled. Hey, okay, are they, they're going to cancel it, but are they going to give people their money back? No. No. <laughs> no. Don't, they'll guarantee you a ticket for next year. So <laughs> listen. Listen, I'm going to be honest. Um... Uh, Blade Show by not canceling personally, I think is doing everyone a huge disservice. Um, um, 
I, I just want to interject super quick and I'll let you finish up. I'm on their website now and it literally says on the front page, Blade Show 2020 will take place as scheduled. Yeah, it's not going to. Uh, like, I'm just going to be honest. Like, they're doing everyone a big mis- uh, disservice by not. And most makers aren't even allowed to it. travel if they're out of the country. Like, yeah. Yep. Like, I don't know, man. Like, they're hoping it's going to be resolved by June 5th. Okay, so Blade Show is June 5th through the 7th of 2020. Um, like, my all of my summer classes um, have been, like, put turned online until Jul- late July. So, I'm just going to be honest. Like, if, you know, my school, which is a huge school which is making tons and tons more money than Blade Show is um, and has more you know, people into research and stuff like that to make these decisions. If they think it's going to go through at least June to cancel the first courses of summer classes, um, I think I'm probably going to assume that Blade Show is going to be canceled, you know, because things will follow, right? Nah, dude, it's going to go, nothing's going to happen. We're just going to all... Man, it's gonna be normal two weeks from now. This whole thing's gonna be done by Easter. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Enjoy your Easter's. Yeah, I mean, I'm going into the coronavirus tangent. Like, here's the thing, right? Like, um, you know, North Carolina, where I live, is on shutdown or whatever. You know, it's like a state mandated um, um, stay stay at home order order, executive order, but. You can still go everywhere. Yeah, exactly. You know? They're not enforcing it. Rules don't mean shit. That's They're basically not how all, how ours is. They literally the other day they shut down all non-essential businesses, but people yeah. still. So go let me out read off. Let me read off the places that you can go according to this infographic, and the order is effective from March 29th to April 29th. As of right now, I'm sure they'll extend it. Yeah. Um, but they say you can go to the post office, the gas station, uh, child care places, uh, places of worship, so churches with no. You can't have groups above 10. Um, so you can bring up to 10 people in a family uh, to a church and still go to church, which is crazy. Um, if you go to church right now, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get into like religious stuff right now. It's not even about religion. It's just like, man, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, you can go to healthcare like, providers. That's obviously stupid. that's just obvious. <laughs> Take out delivery drive through. That's fine. Uh, grocery stores, pharmacies, hardware stores. I guess maybe essential. That depends. What's a hardware store? What's get what's the what's the definition of a hardware store? What the hell are you selling? Home Depot. Ace, Ace Hardware, Home Depot. Yeah, but what Lowe's. if um mm. you know, do you have Michaels in your town? Or mm. Yeah, that's more like I'd say it's a craft store. Yeah, but what if they sell hammers? It's a hardware store now. <laughs> well um <laughs> here's one interesting one. Office supply stores. What? Uh, it's yeah. not even lockdown there. What the fuck? Uh, vets and pet stores. That Every store is open, basically. Um, Actually, um, the Petco near me, um, you can still buy stuff there, but they will not sell you any animals. Yeah, what? the reason they're open, though, is because they have to take care of the animals. Like, you know, my mom yeah, like, works at um, Smart, so. What about the I wet have... Are they open still? <laughs> I have West a little uh, a Kenyan sand boa, and I... It, like if I didn't have anywhere to buy the frozen mice to feed him, then oh, you have a I'd snake. Be shit out of luck. Yeah, yeah. he is a snake. Jake the snake. Um, you can go. You, you, later, you can do outdoor exercise, which is pretty fine in my opinion. Like at least in my area, um, 
I don't know. It depends on where you live. Like, obviously, I think this is more intended to go like do on your own. Here's another thing I think is funny that's still open in North Carolina: ABC Beer and Wine stores, of course. <laughs> so you, you you know just in case you're you know you need your alcohol. Um, and then hotels, airlines, buses, taxis, and rideshare um, are open. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Why the hell would you Why go to a hotel? Make a Why would you ride share? <laughs> Nothing's even fucking closed. <laughs> uh, well, what's closed? I mean, let me think. The only thing they closed are like bookstores and the like places GameStop. no one goes restaurants. to. The <laughs> places, <laughs> okay, restaurants. Restaurants are all takeouts now. My town's so, actually taking it pretty serious. Yeah, surprisingly. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm gonna be honest. Like. I haven't went anywhere really, but I did go to Taco Bell the other day because they were offering a free Doritos Locos taco. You didn't go inside because you can't. Well, right? No, you can't go yeah. inside. <laughs> Dude, my, my wife ate one of those the other day and she lost her mind. She's like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. Um, I, I yeah. went to McDonald's like Here's three another times thing. last week. Here's another I, thing I that's open. I out before this podcast. Uh, my, best friend, <laughs> my best friend works at a car dealership and they're still open and selling cars. Essentially. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you people buying, buying the car right, right dude? I'll lowball the shit out of him. Like, I know you guys haven't sold a car in three weeks, so I'm gonna give well, you so I mean, for it. He's a, I'll give you ten percent. He's, he's about to buy a car. He's about to buy a truck because, but he works at the dealership and he has to be there. So like, I don't know. Dealerships he, are scams. Um. Well, yeah, kind of. Luckily, I have a best friend that works for a dealership, so I can get good what deals car on dealership? cars. Or what cars? I'm wait till the economy uh, tanks and Chevy's. buy a house. Chevy, yeah, um, you know Chevys. Uh, yeah, I can't wait till the economy blows GMC. up so I can buy a house for like a three quarters or half what people paid for. <laughs> I'm waiting, dude. I can't low. wait. I've been I've been looking at houses anyway, dude. Gas, gas here, a dollar fifty five a gallon. Yeah, I know South Carolina's way like, cheaper. Dude, a dollar. Holy, dollar how much is it? A dollar what? A dollar fifty-five a gallon. What's a dollar? It's a dollar sixty-five here. Yeah. I think it's two twenty-five where I am right now. Yeah, our like, California listeners would be upset. It's usually on two fifty, two seventy. Brian, how much is how, gas? Yeah, how much is gas? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> you think he leaves? I think it's like three dollars. Oh, he hasn't left the house in like six months. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't gone out, man. Well, <laughs> anyway, sorry for you know going on this crazy tangent. You know, we were just having some fun. I hope all of we you. We haven't talked to anyone in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been but, <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, we'll uh um we'll see you all in the next episode. If you want to, you know, give us any topic suggestions, you can email us at beyondtheedgepod at gmail.com. Um we appreciate your emails, we appreciate your topic suggestions. Um they'll help us during this time to figure things out. We'll try to be more, you know, consistent with episodes. You know, it's hard <clears throat> for us right now, but we'll we'll get there. We'll figure it out. Um and yeah, if you want to donate to our Patreon, uh, you can. You know, it's on our website, uh, beyondtheedgepodcast.com. You can find us there. You can, you know, support us there. We appreciate all of your support. Um, currently, the only thing the money's going to right now is just maintaining the website. Um, I would be upgrading our situation. However, like, kind of in a makeshift studio right now of my bedroom at my family house rather than the kind of the studio setup I have up my personal apartment. Um, Your audio still sounds good. Well, yeah, because I'm still using my good microphone, but like, you know, it's not like in... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, probably going to hold off on the physical upgrades for a little while until things settle down, but yeah. 
So yeah, we appreciate you all for listening and we will see you on the next episode. Stay safe. Bye, Bye. guys.